Hey everybody, this is Matt. And Nicole. On this episode of After the Kid Goes Down, we'll be watching Boys in the Hood and... The Lighthouse. I think it's The Lighthouse. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go! Five, four, three, two, one, zero... So we're going to watch two, again, two vastly different movies this time. We don't really know much about The Lighthouse, though. It could be exactly like Boys in the Hood. <laughs> um, Probably not. I mean, I um, know. I don't know much about it, but I know it features Willem Dafoe and the guy from Twilight. <laughs> he loves being referred and, to it that way. Yeah, well, neither of those people have anything to do with Boys in the Hood. Robert Pattinson. Ah, yes, Robert Pattinson. I honestly, I don't know much about that movie. I know uh, The Lighthouse we're talking about. So yes, I, yes, I, yes, I don't, um, I know that I really, really like Willem Dafoe. And yeah. I know a lot of people, well, really just that one celebrity gossip blog that I read, Celebitchy, love them. Uh, they talked a lot about how, like, good Robert Pattinson was in this and how he's he's an underrated actor yeah i've never seen anything he's in but i've heard actually that from a, i thought like, you love twilight okay i read the books don't judge don't judge me i read the books for a while at course in college um i'm pretty sure you told me to read the books yeah yeah because you know what the first one wasn't terrible <laughs> and then it was like heroin and i knew it was bad for me but so i couldn't bad. stop and now i'm ashamed and i'm never gonna go back i stopped after the third book because it was rotting my brain <laughs> um but i've heard that from a lot of like film critics about him is that he's actually like a pretty decent actor um outside of his twilight days that he's morphed into like a good i don't know artist i guess um meanwhile Willem defoe just like is an awesome dude who picks very out there movies to do. He's done he some weird movies. He's done like Antichrist. He's done some weird horror movies. He does some, he does a lot of independent stuff and then like Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's all over the place, but he's almost, I only have ever seen him be bad. So. Agree. I think it's just the two of them and it's in black and white. It's going to be a super art house movie, I think. Like independent, Great. yeah, independent arty, like, ooh. I don't yeah. always love those movies. Yeah. Like Roma was one of them that yep. I hated and you didn't you liked? I like I liked Roma the more I thought about Roma. I remember Ugh. after it was done again thinking like what well, I don't know what the hype was, but the more I thought about it the more I liked it. Ugh. I only know two people that have seen The Lighthouse and the one person I know said that he can't stop talking like a pirate since he's watched it and All he, right. and he's like you need to, you need to watch it cuz i need to talk about it because i guess it's a movie that gets in your head and it's like it's like it just doesn't go away i'm uh i'm down to talk like a pirate for a while <laughs> and then boys in the hood i have seen when i was in college nicole has not yeah i also know nothing about it except that it it is on our bucket list it is in the 100 movie bucket list so we're going to be able to scratch another movie poster off um, which is good. Um, no, but you talked about potentially watching Do the Right Thing and Boys in the Hood in yeah. this episode, which I've seen Do the Right Thing. We've both seen Do the Right Thing, mm -hmm. um, which is primarily why we're not doing it. But I'm dying to see it again. 
Um, but what was it that you said about There's, the two, like the juxtaposition of those? That's two? what I mean. They're just stylistically very different. They're both about essentially being black and living in 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 an urban environment, um, and dealing with everything that, that that comes with. But they're just stylistically very different movies. Like Spike Lee joints are always like a little independent, a little art housey. Um, this is much more of a of a Hollywood type of movie, I would say. Plus, it's got a crazy cast. When you watch it, you'll see it's like Boys in the Hood has a pretty ridiculous cast. So, I'm excited. Yeah. Let's get watching. Alrighty. Cool. The Lighthouse. Released in 2019, directed by Robert Eggers, written by Robert Eggers and Max Eggers, starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. All right, so we just finished watching The Lighthouse on Amazon Prime, which it's streaming, not for free, but on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Nicole, first reaction? What did I just watch? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we're just going to say what. For the next 15 minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That about sums <laughs> it up. <laughs> That's about it. Literally, the, the credits rolled and I just started laughing. Yeah, not laughing because it was funny. Well, kind of funny. It wasn't funny. There's some humorous parts. There's like one part. Um... It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's... the only thing I keep thinking of is mermaid vagina. There was a mermaid vagina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Full screen mermaid vagina. <laughs> I was like, oh, so that's how that works. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say before I blurted out mermaid <laughs> vagina? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's supposed to be a psychological thriller, but... Your friend said it was a movie that stayed with him? Well, he just... My my buddy, Joe, said he watched it and he... Kind of how he acted. He wasn't sure how to react. And he's like, "I, for the love of God, I need to talk about this movie with somebody. Because <laughs> I need to know if I'm losing my mind, if it's good, if it's bad, what it was about. And now that I've seen the movie... I totally understand that. I mean, I think that I'm pretty sure it was bad. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was terrible. I'm pretty sure I hated that movie. (laughs) What you keep you keep saying pretty sure. Like there's a piece of your mind that's thinking thinking. No, I mean I guess listen, it's about two guys. And I know that we'll go over that, but it's two guys that are in a lighthouse for for God knows how long because it's supposed to be four weeks, but 
I think Willem Dafoe starts gaslighting him at some point. Yeah. And they, they just, they go crazy. And so... They or Robert Pattinson? I think they, I think that, I think that Willem Dafoe's character is probably already a little bit... Yeah, he's a little, he's a couple... Two screws. Fr- I mean, he's in love with the light from the lighthouse. Yeah, he's a couple fries short of a Happy Meal. Um, but maybe there's something in the lighthouse. I think there's a light in the lighthouse. <clears throat> or a tentacled sex animal. Well, no, the... Because <laughs> that's hinted at at one point. No, I think that he is envisioning Willem Dafoe's character as like this octopus man. Well, as, that's uh, what strangles... as, as Poseidon, I think. Is Poseidon an octopus man? I don't know. Is he I've half never man, half octopus? <laughs> That's not something that I ever knew. Uh... <laughs> yeah, like, like this sounds like crazy talk, but this is what this movie will do to you. Like, I, I, like, I kind of maybe want to sit with it for like a night or two and and dissect it in my mind, but also like, I'm not convinced that there's a lot to actually dissect. Oh, I think there's the whole movie you could dissect. I don't know if it's good or not still. I I think part of me is thinking like I kept thinking like it has a Kubrick type of psychological element to it. Like it feels like a st- it feels there's elements of the shining there where like you're never quite sure what's horror and what's in their mind, what's real. There's that it kind of has the same type of tense feeling as The Shining, but also like a lot of very bizarre moments. Because you're not, you're never quite sure whose point of view you're seeing it from. And there's a lot of really weird moments, like Willem Dafoe standing naked at the top of a lighthouse and Robert Pattinson wanting to go in. And then he sees a tentacle, and you're like, well, that was pretty early in the movie, though. So it's like, is Robert Pattinson already losing his mind? Or are, are they just playing with the whole time sequence, and you're not really sure when the whole movie takes place? Like, things we saw in the beginning. Like, if you lay this movie out chronologically, in real time, is it? are you watching in real time or not? Um, is it, Like, he finds a... I mean, is Willem Dafoe's character, like, gaslighting you now? Like, are you gaslit by this movie? I think you are. Maybe. Like, that, see, that's kind of, in a simple way, how I took it. Like, Willem Dafoe's character, like, kind of gets people to the lighthouse, gaslights them, and then kills them. Like, that was kind of where I thought it was going at the very end there. I'm like, okay, I have that figured out. Robert Pattinson's caught on to him, but it's a little too late. He's already insane. Like to put it in the most basic terms, I think that's what happened. <laughs> but like I said, there's elements early in the movie where Robert Pattinson's like seeing mermaids before I think he's being gaslit. So, you know, plus Robert Pattinson's character we know is already carrying baggage with him. He's carrying baggage. He's yeah. drinking poop water. <laughs> Yes. He's got this wooden mermaid toy that he jerks off to. Yeah, there's a lot of drinking off in this movie, <laughs> by the so way. so much jerking off. A lot off of drinking off. And ooey-gooey stuff. Ugh. Yep. 
So moving on from initial impressions, because I think our initial impression is just, what the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> um, acting wise. So yeah, would you? I mean, we talked about the fact that, you know, people had said, or there was talk about how Robert Pattinson's underrated. Was this a showcase of his talent? Well, I mean, I think he does more in this. Again, I've never seen the Twilight movies, but I think him and Willem Dafoe, I don't want to say are equals to this, but it wasn't like Willem Dafoe and some schmo. Like Robert Pattinson and him, I thought, did well together. Like yeah. the two of them play well together. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is perfect in this role. Yes. A crazy pirate guy who's not really an ex-pirate guy. You know, he's the villain. I mean, Willem Dafoe is very good at this. The acting, I thought, was pretty good. It's two dudes in a lighthouse. Like, if it wasn't the acting that that gave it that that makes me think it wasn't very good. Let me put it that. I think it's the best way to say it. Like Robert Pattinson was. I don't think he was great. I wasn't like, oh my god, it's a great acting role. But like, if this is the first movie I had, this is the first movie I've seen him in, and I'd like to see him in more now. Okay. I felt like his accent changed several times throughout yeah. the course of the movie. No, it did. Was he a pirate? Was he from Boston? <laughs> I wasn't sure. Or was he from like an old school New York City, like Gangs in New York? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he did slip into Gangs in New York for a while. I wish there were kind of subtitles sometimes because Willem Dafoe's accent, like pirate accent, was so thick. Sometimes it was hard to understand him. Um, he says ye a lot. Mm-hmm. Ye gone mad and stuff like that. But... um. Well, and he speaks in like in like sea shanties. Yes, like it's yeah. Sea shanties. That's a that's a dwelling, like, isn't it? Yeah. Not a... He speaks in <laughs> pirate haikus. Like, he does. Like, so he you're does. never quite sure what he's saying. But then every once in a while he gets normal. There was also uh, a decent amount of like sexual tension between the two of them, right? Which I kind of liked. I was into that. <laughs> of course, of course he did. Of course he did. Well, because they did it well. I thought it was going to be they a did it bro- well. Brokeback Mountain in a lighthouse with pirates. Originally, <laughs> is where I thought it was going. They did it well to be alone for that long. Yeah. And to be that fucked up, like. Yeah. You could see how they could both. Get Don't there. hesitate to drop f bombs. When we're talking about this movie, there's going to be a lot of f bombs because that's what I keep thinking. Yeah, it's hard not to. <clears throat> Um, that's it in terms of acting. I mean, it was just the two of them, plus the mermaid lady. That's just about it. She was great. Yeah. She just laid there and got banged by Robert Pattinson and screeched. Um, in terms of writing, uh, the Eggers, it looks like the, the director and his brother wrote it together. Um, I've never seen anything else by this guy, but I know this is his second film of this type of nature, like psychological indie thriller. Um... That's where it loses me a little bit. Like, I'm, the writing was like, it's tough with these movies because you don't know. Like, was their goal simply just to fuck with the audience? Because if that was their goal, like, mission accomplished. But if their goal was to say anything, I don't really know what they were trying to tell us. Honestly, the only thing that was interesting to me was was the gaslighting <clears throat> bits. Yeah. Because I felt like the the few times that he does it and I caught it, he may do it other times I just didn't catch. But the few times that he that he 
switches things up on on Robert Pattinson. I was like, okay, like we're go- we're getting somewhere mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. and then it just never really amounted to anything, and well, so I don't. Well, because I, I wasn't sure how much they wanted to just hit us over the head with it. Like I wasn't sure if they really wanted to just tell us this is what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, and to me, like if like okay, I'm gonna some spoilers here, but if they wanted to confuse us. You know the scene where Willem Dafoe is chasing Robert Pattinson with the axe mm-hmm. through the rain mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, and then inside he convinces Robert Pattinson that no, no, you were chasing me with the axe, right? If they wanted to confuse us, I feel like they would have shot that scene in a way that was more confusing. But it is very clearly Willem Dafoe chasing him with the axe, and then two minutes later, very clearly Willem Dafoe saying he wasn't doing that. So to me, that's clearly them just telling us he is gaslighting the shit out of Robert Pattinson, right? Because mm-hmm. if they wanted that to be blurry, they could have made it blurry. And is it because he's in love with the lighthouse or is it because he... Is a psychopath? Is a psychopath who wants to control... I don't know. I mean, I not that I need a clear motive, but like... Yeah. Something would have well, been you're, nice. You're not going to get one from this movie. Um, and then, yeah. Like him bashing the shit out of the seagull. And that's where things really take a turn. But again, like, is that Willem Dafoe using him killing the seagull? Be like, oh, here's a perfect way for me just to really fuck with this dude more. Because um, he bashes the shit out of seagull. Robert Pattinson grabs the seagull by its legs and just... Beats it against a stone into oblivion at one point. After he's been told not, but that's not stuff, to kill the, the gulls. Yes, but that's the that's what I'm saying though, is that's like that's out of Willem Defoe's characters. Like he can't control the seagulls. So No, I um, mean Robert I keep yawning. Mm. It's okay. Mm. It's late. Well the kid did go down and we are now watching this movie. Yeah. Good one. Thank you. Um I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, like... we, did, we just did writing and directing kind of in one thing. D minus. <laughs> you can't do it, huh? You can't. D minus? No, I don't know. How far down do we go? Well, uh... you can go down as far as an F. I mean, <laughs> but to me, see, here's here's why I have a problem. I can't give it a D or an F because I feel like it wasn't. When I think of bad movies, I think of movies that are both poorly made and are stupid. I don't think this was poorly made. Like, we admitted the acting's pretty strong. Um, Again, I think it's supposed to be a what-the-fuck-just-happened movie. So I can't give it a D. Like, it wasn't like it was trying to be a monster movie and failed. If it was trying to be a psychological thriller, it was that, right? Yeah, but a psychological thriller should give you something to actually think about. Well, like, let's take The Shining, because that's probably the pinnacle of psychological thrillers. Yeah. What are you thinking about in The Shining? Like, what are you scared of? What are you... I'm not... You're not... I mean, you're scared of things in The Shining, but... I actually used to watch that movie to fall asleep. I love The Shining. Really? I love The Shining. <laughs> so, when other people watch the cartoons or listen to music, you were like, man, I can't fall asleep. 
Let's watch The Shining. I especially love the scene on the staircase where Wendy's got the bat and she's like, get away from me. Get away from me. And you were like, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. But, you know, it's about... It's about the degradation of his own mind. Like, it's... He's, no, isn't he's, this the same thing? Yeah, but it's not... Here's here here's would be my difference. In The Shining, you have Wendy and the kid who are in, in peril for most of the movie. And that's what has you on the edge of your seat, right? Oh, my God, is his father going to kill his son and his wife? Mm-hmm. In this, there's... Like, you're not really rooting for anybody because you're not sure what's going on the whole time. That's my problem with it. And at one point... I mean, at the end, you kind of figure out Willem Dafoe is the villain. But that's not the point of the m- movie, right? Robert ba- Robert Pattinson's drive isn't to kill Willem Dafoe. It's to get to the top of the lighthouse. And we have no... I have. I had, I had. was not invested at all in him getting to the top of the lighthouse. At no point was I like, man, I hope he gets there. Did you? I mean, kind of. But only because it's like they went on about it for so long that yeah. I was like, all right, so like, is he going to get up there or what? But like that, yeah, that's that's as excited <laughs> as I got. Like, is he going to get there? Yep. Got there. Seagulls eating stomach. Like that, it was like, meh. Like The Shining is very clearly like what ambition and isolation can do to a man. Mm-hmm. This was like, okay. The isolation part I get. Yep. Yeah. No, that's what, that's what I mean. Is I, This is the problem with art house movies is I feel like usually they're like they're going for more of like a feel than anything. Like this wanted you, this was wanted to mess you up. This was a movie about gaslighting. And I didn't need a deep dive into gaslighting. Right? That's like, that's all that I feel like that's what it boils down to. Yeah. So it's a good movie about gaslighting. I, it's not I, a good movie. No, I don't mean that. I don't mean it's it's a good movie. I'm very <laughs> offended there. I don't know if it's a good movie, <laughs> but it's 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 effective at showing you. It's like gaslighting to an extreme, is what it is really. Right. Uh, yeah. But that's what I mean. Is like they must have sat down and just been like, let's write a movie about two dudes in a, in, a, in a lighthouse where one gaslights the other. Full stop. That sounds like a boring-ass movie to me. And then let's gaslight our audience and throw in some mermaids and their vaginas. That's what I don't understand. The mermaid thing is, like, weird. Let's just grade this. I can't okay. anymore. Okay. What do you want to grade it? You grade it whatever you feel I want you necessary. to go. I, I've been going first, I feel like, every time. Oh, see, I want to say C-, minus, but then we just talked about it for a long time. Yeah, but... I can talk th- about things that make me angry <laughs> for a very <laughs> long know, time. I know you can. Um, I love to talk about things that make me angry. I, I want to say I want to say C minus or C. I want to say I'm going to give it a C just because the acting. Go ahead. I mean, yeah. Fine. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not agreeing with you. <laughs> the at the at, at like. Willem Dafoe was good. Robert pa- I don't I don't know. I'm in D plus. Okay, so I'm gonna see your D plus. I I just I would never 
I would never recommend I it. I would to never anybody. recommend it to anybody. I would never <laughs> watch it again. I might tell people, mm, maybe skip that. Well, so C in my book, borderline C minus, D plus for Nicole. And that's only the the acting, the two of them. They did a lot alone. But they had to, to be fair. They needed two strong actors to make it. If they had two mediocre bad actors, this movie would suck. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm not so sure I'm going to be able to sleep now. Oh, you know what really grossed me out? What? We're just going to spoil spoil this okay. whole thing up. It it's sucks, okay. you guys. You don't need to see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> when he's like burying him alive. Oh, and dirt, all the dirt is yeah. going in his mouth, and he's like still spinning a yarn. He's still spinning a yarn yep. while he's being buried alive, and he's like chewing the dirt and like yep. kind of spitting it out and like talking as he's dying. And the whole time, I was like, Whoa. "Yeah, <laughs> that's Stop great acting." The dirt. I'd like to think they were shoveling like chocolate onto him to make it more bearable, <laughs> but I find that hard to believe. They had a mound of chocolate. It was probably dirt, and Willem Dafoe is just a stud actor. So. Uh, all right. The okay. Lighthouse. Yep. Not great. No. Cool. Boys in the Hood. Released in 1991. Directed by John Singleton. Written by John Singleton. And starring Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding Jr., Lawrence Fishburne, Morris Chestnut, and Angela Bassett. Trey is sent to live with his father, Furious Styles, in tough South Central Los Angeles. Although his hard-nosed father instills proper values and respect in him, and his devout girlfriend Brandy teaches him about faith, Trey's friends Doughboy and Ricky don't have the same kind of support and are drawn into the neighborhood's booming drug and gang culture with increasingly tragic results. Alright, so we just finished Boys in the Hood. And, uh, Nicole, what are your thoughts? Well, I want to, right before we sat down, Matt was like, just so you know, and he started spouting off some facts that I told him to stop talking. So what were you going to say to me before we started? So a little movie trivia. Um, John Singleton, who directed this movie and wrote it, got nominated for two Oscars for Best Writing and Best Directing, I think... He is still the youngest director ever nominated, and I think he was the first, maybe the youngest black director ever nominated. I don't know if Spike Lee was nominated for Do the Right Thing. I think it was after this. Maybe it was before this. I can't remember. But I mean, you have a computer. I do. I do. But Singleton made a, made a mark in the film world when he when he directed this and wrote it. Okay. So... So yeah, Do the Right Thing was in 1989, Boys in the Hood was 1991. So this came after Boys in the this came after Do the Right Thing. And yeah, he wasn't Spike Lee was not nominated for best director. He was nominated for best screenplay and best supporting actor for Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. which is insane. That's insane. Yeah, well that was always that's always been the the hubbub about Spike Lee was he always gets his films get nominated for a lot, but he never got nominated for director. He's right. never been nominated. No, I think he's okay. won. He, I think he won recently, didn't he? Was it Black Klansman? For Black Klansman. Yeah. But it was like 
it took to 2018 for him to get win best director, wow. which is bonkers. But John Singleton has since done a good slate of films. But yeah, as a, I think he was only 24 when he made the movie. That's amazing. Like so, yeah. So, so what were your, you know, what'd you think? So knowing that he was so young. Yeah, 24. It looks like a young person made it. What do you mean? But is it like in terms of like when you talk about production quality, like it seems like an value, whatever value. It seems like a very young film. Yes. Except for the story and the acting. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I mean, the first act is a little cheesy. And when we say so, when we say act, just just because I know some people don't know what exactly we're talking about. So, every story in the history of mankind can be broken down into three parts: first part, second part, third part, beginning, middle, end. Every film, every book is the same way, right? Every film has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Middle and end always short, shorter. No, beginning and end are always <laughs> the shortest part. The middle makes up most of the movie. So the first act of Boys of the Hood is pretty much when they're all kids. And they're, you're dealing with kids. It's like a bunch of kids in Lawrence Fishburne. And like, so it's like kind of cheesy. The kids are not great. The kids are never great. But then the second act, like it gets better. And the third act is just like a gut punch. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah it's a gut punch. Yeah. But uh, also Lawrence Fishburne, by the way, in three episodes of his podcast, he's been in two of the six movies so well i know and i the last episode i talk about how i i don't know his uh i don't know would you call it like his back catalog his i i only know his, his more yeah i only know his more recent stuff the hannibal blackish yep the matrix which seems which sounds terrible but um so now yeah now i have two early fishburn films yeah He's pretty good, man. He's really good. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's really, um, really good. And it's funny because in this movie he references that he, you know, went to Vietnam. And I'm like, is that a callback to? It's oh, gotta definitely. Be. It's got to be to Apocalypse Now. But no, it's it's definitely, it's it's a good movie. You could see why it's on our Hardy Movie Bucket List. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a great movie about being black in America. Um, it, and it hits you right in the, in the gut. Yeah. I mean, the first, the first two acts, I think, like you were saying, was, was very like Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Like the title of the movie. Yeah. It was a little, it was, you know, obviously everything that they have to deal with is under the surface, but they're, they're just hanging out. Yeah. And then that last... Yeah, it, it, it feels like for the first two acts, it's like, okay, I get it. These are dudes hanging out, and all of a sudden, shit goes off the rails fast. And, uh, yeah. It's pretty horrible. I mean, it's about, it's about you know, everything that's that's been going on today, that's been going on forever. It's, it's about the short lifespan of the American black man. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, it's interesting like watching it today with the backdrop of what's going on because we're so wrapped up in the police brutality aspect of it. And that's, I mean, there is a little bit of that in this movie, but this movie is much more about 
violence within the black culture. And then there's that great scene with Lawrence Fishburne in front of the billboard where he kind of hints, not hints, he explicitly says essentially that like we as a black community are being put in these type of situations mm-hmm. through gentrification. But the movie, the movie opens with the quote about how many black people are murdered by black people. Um, and then it, the first shot of the movie is, is like a, one of the most famous scenes of the movie or shots was it opens with, did you pick up what it opens with? No. A stop sign. So the movie starts with those two with those quotes about black on black murders, and, then and the stop. first shot is a stop sign. Okay, a stop. So like, and then you know, at the end credits, it has the boys in the hood logo, and then underneath it, it says um, something about peace. Um, so it's very clearly a movie about we need to stop the violence, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really give any answers to how you do that. But it, like, is clearly saying that, like, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, I liked Ice Cube's, uh, like, monologue at the end. Mm-hmm. Because, one, it was, like, it was the explanation for why this movie was made. Mm-hmm. He has never seen a representation yeah. of him and his brother and the lives that they lead. That's a great line. Yeah, that there. way. That, that was amazing. And then he talks Either, about... What's he say? Either they don't know, they don't show... Or they don't care. Or they don't care. He's talking about the media and how all they show is all the bad stuff going on overseas, right? This was obviously in the early 90s, so the Gulf War was going on. Vietnam ended not that long ago. Um, and his stance is essentially like, they talk about how bad it is in these third world countries. Meanwhile, in South Central, people get murdered all the time and it's never on the news. Mm-hmm. So. That was really powerful. Yeah. Um... And then he talks about the cyclical nature. Mm-hmm. It just keeps, it keeps going. Yeah. And he could be next. And he is next. And he is next. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it was good. But like I said, I mean, there's definitely a lot of parts that are like kind of cheesy 90s, early 90s. It's very 90s. Very 90s. Um, even like the guitar riffs, you know, when something serious happens, like, mm-hmm. meow, meow, in the background and stuff like that, that was more like. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I just did, but um, no. But like, it's got that 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 you know guitar solo in the background all the time, and like, you know, it's definitely an early '90s movie. Yeah, but it's still good. It's really um, good. I think you know, in terms of the acting, um, they were all pretty good. I mean, I don't know where in Ice Cube's acting career this is, but I think for most of them, including Cuba, I think it's really early in their careers and you can kind of tell i yeah so that was Cuba, that was kuba's first role was in boys boys in the hood that he, was his breakout role he's so good and i like what happened to him along the way he was he was picking he was in some really great stuff and then i feel like he did as good as it was it as good as it gets that he's yeah, in i got i got his he got his, his resume right here so it was boys in the hood then a few good men, then Tuskegee Airmen, Outbreak, Jerry Maguire. So it's a pretty good lineup there. Yeah, he was nominated. He won the Academy Award for um, Best Supporting um, in Jerry Maguire, obviously. And he was in What Dreams May Come. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That's I have not good. seen that. Um, Are you going to read his entire? Well, no, because then you can <laughs> you can clearly see a downfall. Then he was in that Men of Honor movie where he was like a the first black 
scuba diver marine. The new millennium, not so good for Koopa. Like, like he I hasn't feel like I miss him. I miss him. He's good. He's good. It's sad that he doesn't have a. Does he just not have a good picker? A good picker, like a good agent. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> good picker. Yeah, that's something. That's something that you say. It's probably incredibly sexist for me to explain it this way. But when a woman continues to pick bad men, you say she's a bad picker. Mm. So if I'm, if Cuba continues to pick terrible movies. Maybe he has a bad agent, or maybe he just has a bad picker. Yeah, maybe he's not really that good. Maybe he's one of these actors, actors that just didn't age well. He had a good decade, and that was it. I mean, he has a pretty good decade. That's, I mean, yeah, the 90s a, were yeah, very good for him. It was a good decade. But, yeah, he's good. Lawrence Fishburne is, is very good. He's, you know, I don't know. He's, he's a good actor, man. He's, I think he's I think he's becoming one of my, one of my top actors. Really? I, I don't know if he's that good. He's well, because I've really, I've always enjoyed him. I look forward to seeing him when he's in stuff. How different is and he now, in this supposed apocalypse now, though? Well, so, but like, yeah, now, now I like, I don't know. Yeah, but I think sometimes he gets typecast into this like wise sage type of role. Like that's what he was in Matrix. That's what he is in this movie. I Which mean, so in the, in this movie he's constantly playing with like those what are those balls playing called? Playing with his balls. Playing with those balls, like the little metallic. Yes. Like yeah. hand massager. What are those called? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what they're called. But doesn't hand, he all, hand balls? Doesn't he also do that in Matrix? Like I feel like I've seen him do that before. Is that like a talent? Is that like he's like I'm Lawrence Fishburne and here's my talent and he like <laughs> when he auditions he yeah. walks in an audition and rolls balls in his hands? Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever seen him do that before. I, think I swear just, I've seen him do it like no. another time. Nope, nope, probably not. <laughs> Doesn't do it in Apocalypse Now. No, but he's like he's like a tiny baby in that movie. He is. But the rest of them were, were good. I mean, I think uh, you know Regina King, Angela Bassett. They're both very good. Um, I would, I would, I would argue the women in this movie might be better than the men in this movie, even though the movie is centered around. It's a very masculine movie. Mm-hmm. The women, I think, come across much more natural and r- realistic. I guess where the the men are a little too tryhard at parts, but they were all very good. Do you think that that's on purpose, though? Like, I mean, there's an element of like needing to be. To be a man, to be macho, she sends him to his dad to learn how to be a man. Yeah. Like, there's an element of that, like, is it machismo that, like, that they're all putting on? Oh, no, it definitely is. But I think, and I, I maybe it's just, it's harder to act that way as an actor and not have it come across as, like, you're chewing the scenery a little bit. But, I mean, Ice Cube does it better than any of them. You know, he actually seems more natural, but, um, you know, the guy that plays Ricky was probably the worst actor in the group. Um R.I.P. Ricky. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, you know. Jesus. I'm I like that was that was hard. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. And like you know it's coming too, which is what which is to me like and I know we just went from acting and we're going to kind of there's a nice segue into the directing and the writing, but you know it's coming. Oh, you know Again, it. Again, this is going to be full spoilers here, so if you don't want to hear any spoilers, now is the time to fast forward. But 
you know when he's walking down an alley and he's like, we should split up. And Kuba's like, we shouldn't split up. And then he's like, no, we should. You're like, this is like every horror movie I've ever seen. Well, yeah. And, and, but he's, and he's also just so innocent about it. Yeah. Like, he, like he's he, always eating. And he's, he, like, he's eating his, his like 16th bag of chips in the movie. And then you're like, here it he's, comes. He's like scratching off a scratch off and like <laughs> bouncing down the street like they like they weren't being chased. Mm-hmm. Because I just he I think he wanted to be a football star and thought I got everything ahead of me, which is what makes it such so much worse. Yeah, just the impact of it was incredible. It wasn't even to me. It wasn't even him getting shot and dying that was impactful. It's when they bring it's him back to the house. Everything that happened because yes. because any other movie might cut away after yes. that. Which is what I'm saying. This took you through the horror of his family yep. finding out and seeing the, their inevitable reactions to the murder. Well, and that's and that's directing and writing. Like that's why that's my point. It's a nice segue. Is that that those are great choices and hard to execute from a director's standpoint? Because like you said, it would have been easy for them to like zoom out on Ricky's dead body and the brothers all holding him. Instead, they, like, bring him to the house. And, and as a viewer, I don't know about you, but I get a little comfortable there. I'm like, Jesus, they're going to bring him to the house and put him they on the couch? They put him on the couch. And then I got nervous from a, a film nerd perspective where I was like, this is going to be, like, over the top and, like, a little ridiculous. And it's just heart-wrenching. Like, the actors nailed it. The directing was brilliant. Um, I mean, I could see that probably in the script was probably, like, a couple lines. And that's all acting and directing. Like... You know, the script, it's probably like they bring him home and there's a lot of oh my gods being shouted. And then when they shoot it, it's just like everybody nailed it. And it was uh, impactful and it was, you know, with the baby screaming and the mom screaming and the baby mama screaming. And then Ice Cube being like, give me the baby. She doesn't need to see this. And there's blood everywhere. And you're like, Jesus. You know, and the Kuba's reaction and, you know. How it rocks the like the neighborhood, you know. Everybody starts coming out of their front doors to see what happened. Mm-hmm. It's also an interesting decision to not have them. And this is me in my ignorance showing here, but he gets shot and dies in the street, and they don't call the police. Well, you know, why would they? I know, but that's my point. Is it, it's 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 a, it's a window into this community where like the two times he, that they meet the police in this movie two times two, yeah. or, th- two or three times it's not they're not helpful. great no they're not helpful <laughs> and it's not a great experience so yeah. why would you i know that's my point and so it's interesting but then they don't even bring him to like they don't rush him to the hospital they bring him to they bring him home mm-hmm. and put him on the couch um, which again, when you they're doing it, you're like, Oh, this is a mistake. Like that's really what you're going to do with this dead kid's body. But they do it and it's very impactful. Speaking of the cops real quick, interesting choice on Singleton's part, because when you cut back to do the right thing, it's white cop killing black man at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. This has Two or three, I think, interactions with the police, and it's a white cop and a black cop. So, a that's a, that's an interesting choice. And the black cop's and the, the black aggressor. cop's the total douchebag. <laughs> yeah, 
total douchebag, and he's dropping n bombs like like and with the hard R, like and he's and he's and he's going at these guys, and you're like Jesus, like, and I couldn't help but think like, that's why I think one of the themes of this movie was the black on black crime, right? And then you have the black cop treating the black community members that way, like. That's very clearly, I think, one thing Singleton was trying to say. Like, we all need to knock it off. Because the white cop, he doesn't even do anything with a white cop. The white cop is always like, no, just sort of stands there. Standing there and being like, whoa, <laughs> this is getting intense. Like, yeah. like, and, and, uh, I don't know, and, and, you know, that scene where the, the cop has the gun to Cuba's neck and essentially calling him a gangster and is ready to kill him or threaten to kill him, and Cuba's like, starts crying. Like, and then he has a meltdown at his girlfriend's house, and then they have a little, like, pity sex. Um, they did. <laughs> they That's did. what happened. They he did. came home, and he had an emotional breakdown about all the shooting and everything, and they're both like, oh, our community, oh. And then they, <laughs> they, go, and they go to town on each other. Um, <laughs> Ways which, to lose your V-card. Yeah. Which is also, like, her bed um, kind of looked like a giant crib. It was a day bed. What the hell's a day bed? It's like a couch by day, bed by night. It was a day it bed. It looked like a toddler bed. It does kind of look like our kid's toddler bed. Yeah. It was just like very, you know. It's but, a day but bed guess, with, with its beautiful flowery but, coverlet was amazing. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, like, see, this is why I think, again, Singleton, good writing. When he lies to his father early about not being a virgin, and the story he makes up is like something you'd read in like a porn magazine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I've never read a porn magazine. It sounds <laughs> like I'm from the 1980s, but um, but but <laughs> when I read my Pulp Fiction, but um, oh man, but you know he tells us the ridiculous story about how some hot chick just pulls up to his car and like I don't know how to drive stick, and he'll like I'll teach you how to drive stick. And then that's his made-up sex story. But then, really, him and his girlfriend have this essential, like, essentially connection and moment when they're both tired of living in the community they're in because of all the violence. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of sparks the passion, which is kind of an interesting juxtaposition of those two moments, right? What Cuba thinks his first sex experience should be, and then what it is. Mm-hmm. Which is um, him being right before that. He's, I mean, he's crying in front of her, mm-hmm. and he tells her, "I never wanted, I never thought I would cry in front of a female." Um, but she's the person he went to. Yep. Which is, I mean, that that means something. Yeah. It means enough to take a V card. Yep. No, it was, the writing was good. The directing was good. Do you want to grade it? Yeah, we can grade it. <laughs> I just what's like, that tone? I just it was good. The third act is the best part of the movie, and like there's moments of this movie that I feel like there's just there's a lot of moments, not a lot. There's a good amount that like weren't as good as the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna think about it for a second. I want to I want to hear your grade. Uh... I'm stuck between uh, a B plus and an A minus. Um, mm, explain yourself. Because I, I don't know. It's like 
it's more it's I don't I get scared I get a little nervous uh, inside when I when I want to give something an A grade because you say I hand them out like hotcakes and I start to really <laughs> like analyze like why do I think it's great but even though even though the production value is is not great and this looks like it was a first or an early film mm-hmm. um I it just doesn't it seems better and more long lasting than a B movie. So yeah, I think I'm gonna give it an A minus. Because it's really it's really, really good. Yeah, and it's one of those movies that the more I think about it, the better it is. And I'm willing to overlook the cheesiness and the and the force acting in parts. So I think A minus is fair. I think I'm Whoa. I think I'm with you. I think I'm, <laughs> I think A minus is, is is fair. I'd be happy with that. Cool. <laughs> what what? I'm just thinking of like the more I think about this movie, I find how much good writing is in it and how well and a lot of good choices. And the more I think about the lighthouse, the more I want to shove so, my face into a keyboard. I'm really glad you brought that up because okay, so this Usually about a lot of time passes. Well, hold between... on. do we want to do this now or in the outro? No, I want to do it right now. <laughs> a lot of time passes between like when we watch, but we try and finish these up in like two weeks' time. So some yep. time passes between because again, we've got a kid, and we can only Half watch time... movies after the kid goes down. Yeah, I feel like that's the second time we made that joke, mm-hmm. but um. Anyway, my point is, Jesus. Dur- <laughs> during the time that has passed, Matt looked up some stuff about the lighthouse and found out that it's supposed to be. Well, yes and no. So apparently, uh, some people say it's about the journey of Prometheus. It's Prometheus. It's an allegory for Prometheus. Then I found out today through some research that it's based on Edgar Allan Poe's last story, The Lighthouse, which he died before he finished. So it's them like kind of recreating it. And then I found out there's a lot of, I did find this out through multiple sources, there's a lot of stuff they cut out that made a lot more things very obvious. So a lot of things we were kind of confused about or were like, what the fuck is going on? Because he wanted to. Yes. So there's there's a couple quotes from him being like, I wanted this movie to have more questions than answers. Okay. So do you remember how we talked about the fact that there's a lot of masturbating in this movie? Yes. This movie, all of the the explanations the for what for what the lighthouse was supposed to be, yep. make me dislike the movie <laughs> even more than yep. I did before. This movie was this man. Who is it? Who made this stupid movie? Uh, Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers, masturbating <laughs> to his own genius. Wow! If okay. you watch that, if you watch Graphic. the lighthouse, you are watching. An ejaculation. A mental. That is what <laughs> I have decided. You're watching an, a mental ejaculation. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's about right. He's mentally ejaculating all over my eyeballs. Yeah. To his own genius. Yeah, in my eyes. It makes me so mad. Filmmakers, especially young filmmakers, like they're gonna try shit, right? Especially if their first movie's good, they might try to make like the lighthouse and an experiment a little bit. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sink them for that. I'll watch the other movies and be like, maybe this was his experimental phase. Your movie was bad. You're not that good. 
maybe he had a bad movie. So, all the greats have had bad movies. But, anyway. Sorry to digress about the lighthouse. But I had to go back there. I know. I know you did. But it's still in our heads. So, it's got to say something. It's not it's like, in my head. It's like a bad song. Yeah. But, okay. Boys in the Hood, A- minus from everybody. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. That was a doozy of an episode. Um, Boys in the Hood was a gut punch, and The Lighthouse was... Annoying. I was thinking mental ejaculation, but yes, (laughs) all of the above. Are you stealing my awesome thought sauce? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was thought sauce. That's another... That is, is definitely thought sauce. Well, if you like us and want to keep listening, we are now on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher, as well as as well as Buzzsprout, as we have been. Um, We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow there at After the Kid Goes Down, and we're both also on Letterboxd. Get ready for these names. It's Nicole underscore A T K G D A T K G D. After the kid goes down, and Matt's the same, Matt underscore ATKGD. It's terrible. It's a lot of letters. I apologize. Uh, If you have anything you want to tell us, comments, recommendations for movies we should watch next, please feel free to email us at afterthekidgoesdown at gmail.com or just send us a DM on IG. We like that too. Make sure you review us and share us, please. And Give us some stars on Apple Podcasts, because that would be nice, too. It would be swell if you could do that. But for After the Kid Goes Down, this is Matt. And Nicole. See you guys later.